Good afternoon and welcome to Forest Fires. My name is John Clark. They say that the best thing about getting sober is that you get your feelings back. But the worst thing about getting sober is that you get your feelings back. If you're anything like me, for years prior to getting sober, I did anything and everything that I could do to avoid feeling. Specifically, I wanted to avoid feeling bad. I mean, who wants to feel sad, depressed, shameful, or any other unpleasant emotion? I wanted to feel good, to feel happy, and I wanted to feel that way all the time. In the beginning, the drugs and the alcohol helped with that. When I was drinking, I felt bigger, smarter, more outgoing. The parties were better, the music made more sense, and the feeling of never quite fitting into the world got smaller, and for a moment, I could block out all the negative thoughts and feelings. Inevitably, though, the nights of drinking would end, and I would come to in the morning light. When I awoke, the feelings that I had avoided the night before were still there. Over time, I began to add new and worse feelings to those old feelings. I added regret for things I had said or done and shame for my behaviors. To cope with these growing feelings of regret and shame, I found that alcohol and substances could help me forget them. Over the years, it became a cycle of passing out and coming to. A cycle of intense and painful feelings upon waking and then blocking them out again with more substances. After a while, the debris of my bad behaviors grew to such a level that I began to feel that I didn't deserve to be happy. I had hurt so many people and done so many bad things. How could I justify to myself that I was entitled to smile or to have joy? At that same time, while I felt like I deserved all the pain and hell that I had caused myself, I didn't want to feel it. The pain, depression, and shame was simply overwhelming, and I wanted to do anything to avoid it. So the alcohol and drugs again stepped in and became the means by which I could avoid feeling. The problem, of course, is that when you block out the bad feelings, you also block out the possibility of any good feelings. Brene Brown said, when you numb the dark, you numb the light, and nothing could be more true. When I numbed the painful and hard parts of my life out, I lost the ability to enjoy anything remotely good in my life, like my relationships with other people or the time that I spent with my children. When I was in early recovery, I often heard the old timers say that feelings aren't real. Now that made no sense to me because they sure as hell felt real. I recall going through a hard breakup with someone and the feeling of loneliness, loss, and anger. It physically hurt. It wasn't made up and it certainly wasn't all in my head. My head pounded and my stomach hurt and I couldn't sleep or think or even function properly. Were these old timers just wrong or was there something just inherently wrong with me? In hindsight, it's probably a combination of both of those things. Every single person on this planet be them in recovery or not, struggles with their emotions from time to time. Life isn't and never will be perfect, and neither are any of us. Every day there is something that goes on in our life or in the world in general that can cause us to become anxious, frustrated, or even afraid. All that you have to do is turn the television on for a second 
and there's an ever-increasing list of things that can terrify us. What we have to understand is that feelings in and of themselves aren't good or bad. They just are. As I said, everyone has feelings and emotions, and to have emotions, it's simply to be human. As I explained earlier, I used drugs and alcohol to avoid the bad feelings and in turn became incapable of feeling anything good. Living a healthy life in recovery means that we begin to take ownership of our feelings and quit allowing them to control every aspect of our life. Being able to feel and express our emotions, well, that just becomes one of the best parts of the recovery journey. At the treatment facility that I work, we have a group for patients that are between days 4 and 11 in their treatment experience. The purpose behind this group is to address the high number of AMAs, or discharges against medical advice, that take place during this time period. When I first started working on this group, I was confused. I assumed that most people that wanted to leave treatment early would want to do so within the first couple of days, not days 4 through 11. While there are always exceptions to the rule, the research showed that the highest percentage of AMA discharges took place between 4 to 11 days. And it wasn't just at my facility. It was at facilities across the country. Why? Well, as I said earlier, for many of us, we've been using drugs and alcohol for years or even decades for some of us to avoid feeling unpleasant or inconvenient emotions. For the vast majority of people, when they come into treatment, even after they've decided to get sober, they go through a program of detoxification. A program or medication is given to help ease the detox period and aid them in the early stages of their recovery journey. I specifically recall being given Valium. Valium was crazy, but it helped to alleviate the possibility of a stroke from the alcohol withdrawal, but it put me in an absolute haze of confusion. Because so many patients are on detox meds, even though they are in treatment, they don't have to face all of the painful emotions at once, all those painful emotions that they've been blocking out. Coincidentally, the average detox period is between 4 and 11 days. That means that the high rate of AMAs that we see during this time period can be directly related to them coming off of the detox meds. When we finally begin to live life without a substance in our system, many of us are hit with a sledgehammer of emotions and we have no idea how to deal with them. When this happens, many of us are thrown into a fight or flight reaction and sadly, many of us aren't able to hold on during this period. When I was in treatment, I was less than a pleasant human being. In fact, I can say with 100% honesty that I was a raving asshole. Anyone that tried to tell me what to do or to give me suggestions, they were my enemy, and I had no problem telling them that. I was obstinate and difficult and moody as hell. Since then, I've learned that this intense period of contradicting emotions and moodiness is just a normal part of the early recovery process. You can only stuff your emotions and your feelings down for so long. When we are hiding our feelings behind the drugs or the alcohol, they don't disappear. They are simply there waiting, growing, and piling up. Eventually, we will deal with them, whether we want to or not. The question ultimately becomes, will we deal with them in a healthy or in an unhealthy way? As I said, 
When we first have to feel these long, ignored, and avoided feelings, we want to run and hide from them. Again, this is 100% natural based upon our history of intentional avoidance. While I'm not a master of my own emotions, or of anyone else's for that matter, what I do know is that feelings are transient. You won't feel this way forever. As the old AA saying goes, this too shall pass. Perhaps it's not surprising that many of us have trouble identifying our feelings. I mean, after all, most of us have spent years denying them. So, when we actually start feeling them, they're foreign to us. How many times have you felt like crap and when asked by someone how you were doing, you answered with fine or good? It's not even intentional in most cases. It's a programmed response. The reality is that fine or good, they're not actually emotions. So the response that you're giving is just another way of avoiding what you're really feeling. Emotions aren't fine, they aren't good, and they're not bad. They just are. All feelings, regardless of what they are, they're valid. Harkening back to the statement that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that a lot of old-timers use is that feelings are not real. Now, I'm not sure that I agree with that, but what I do agree with is that feelings are not facts. In many cases, we feel guilty when we have done nothing wrong. It's a real feeling, but it's not factual. As I've stated, emotions or feelings are neither good nor bad. Emotions and feelings, though, they can be positive or negative. A negative feeling, even though it's unpleasant, isn't always a bad thing, though. Guilt is a negative feeling, and when you feel it, it can hurt a lot. However, guilt can help us to learn from our mistakes and our choices and to help us not to repeat that behavior. In treatment, we try and help patients become emotionally literate. In other words, we try and help people get away from simply saying that they feel good or bad and instead actually defining what it is that they are feeling, such as lonely, nervous, angry, happy, etc. Learning how to honestly describe our feelings and emotions gets easier over time, but it does require practice. Learning to properly identify our feelings is the first step in the long journey to being able to cope with and manage our feelings. Learning to manage your feelings and emotions will take some time. There's something about talking them out, though, that really does seem to help. When we are honest with how we feel and can express that, the feeling seems to have less control over us. As long as we hold on to that feeling, silently and internalizing it, it takes on a life of its own and begins to manifest in ways that we hadn't imagined, such as in our behaviors toward other people. One of the great things about having a recovery community or of attending 12-step meetings is that we can talk with others about what it is that we're feeling. We can get those feelings off of our chest and out of our head, and we can hear how others have handled similar feelings and emotions. The number one thing that you have to do when facing a negative emotion or a feeling is to quit dwelling on it. Now, as easy as that sounds, it's far more difficult in practice than it is in principle. In my early recovery, when I would get angry or sad or all worked up about something, my sponsor would tell me to go wash my car. The first time that he said that to me, I thought he'd lost his mind. I mean, how was washing my car going to make me any less mad? But against my better judgment, I took his suggestion and I did go and wash my car. 
The act of washing my car, it got me out of my head for a few minutes, and it got me to stop dwelling on what I was feeling. I must have washed my Jeep a thousand times during that first year of recovery. Get out of your head. Quit dwelling on it, even if it's just for a minute. Meditation is a great way to deal with negative feelings and emotions. Instead of dwelling on the feeling, you can focus on your breathing. Now, as simple as that may sound, this exercise can relax you and bring you back into the present moment. Likewise, exercise, much like washing your car, can help you focus on something else for just a few minutes. Physical exercise has been clinically demonstrated to alleviate stress and symptoms of depression. Now, there are, of course, situations that require more than meditation or physical exercise. In some cases, our anger or sadness has an underlying basis that will need to be addressed in a professional therapeutic environment, and there's no shame in that. The long and short of it is that we must get honest about what it is that we feel before we can do anything about it. Even after we put the drug or the alcohol down, we cannot continue to hide our feelings behind a veil of secrecy, or we will continue to suffer the consequences. As I've said countless times before, getting sober is more than simply removing the drugs or the drink from your life. It's about being free from the things that have held us back and pushed us down. It's about being able to live an honest, real, and free life. The freedom that we seek cannot come when we are hiding our true emotions and our feelings. Today, work on naming your feelings, identifying them, and addressing them. This is not an easy process, but then again, nothing worth having has ever come easy. You are worth all the effort that it's going to require to identify and deal with all of your underlying feelings and emotions. As always, thank you for tuning in to Forest Fires. We are quickly creeping up on 2,000 downloads and I'm still amazed. To everyone that has tuned in, read, shared, or participated in any way, thank you. Remember that today is the only day that any of us are promised. So use today to make a difference. Do a random act of kindness. Help a stranger. Do something that makes the weight of this world a little bit lighter. Reach out and help another alcoholic or an addict today and continue to be the light in the darkness for the addict or the alcoholic that is still struggling. As always, stay reachable, stay teachable, and stay humble. Thank you.